0: Hey good people! This is the Confessions of a Nail Tech podcast. I'm your host, Rashida H. Muhammad, nail tech affectionately known as Ra. I have so much to share with you this evening. Welcome. Let's get started. Happy Tuesday, everybody. How was your weekend? We are coming up on, Actually, it's summer. I don't know if I wished you all a happy summer, but happy summer solstice, everyone. We are about a week in, and I don't know. I don't feel any different. How about you? <laughs> I still kind of feel like I'm in quarantine a little bit. And if you are out and about, please be careful, especially in the southern states, because the spike in the coronavirus outbreak has happened again. So we just really need you all to continue washing your hands, wearing your masks, and continuing to practice social distancing, or at least try. I know it's hard. It's getting hot outside. You don't really want to practice social distancing, but you have to. So please do us a favor and try and flatten the curve. Again, I understand it's hard. And the nail salons have opened up, I saw. I have seen some interesting, <laughs> some interesting procedures in place to help. Um, I don't really know if you can flatten the curve in the nail salon, but I had <laughs> gone to get my hair braided. And, of course, you have to hand sanitize or wash your hands when you come in. And then both you and your stylist must have your masks on. So if you can send me an email or some pictures of what your salon is doing or some of the things that you've seen salons doing to help prevent the spread of the coronavirus and then just to kind of safeguard um, keeping everyone healthy at this time, but also trying to continue to earn your coins and provide wonderful service. Unfortunately, it's hard to do that when you are in a skilled service like so, because you are constantly sharing energy and fluid, if anything, well, not even fluid, I guess, um, follicles and particles of someone else's hair or DNA. And yes, you can continue to wear gloves, but there's just so much that we don't know yet about the virus that it's just best to stay put until you can uh, until more about the virus is learned and we have better policies and practices in place because again, um, this virus can mutate. So there are new symptoms that are associated with having the coronavirus. So just be careful. And mainly, know, (laughs) know what you're doing, know your products, know what you're doing. Um, When I say products, I mean what you're using to clean, disinfect, what you're using to make sure that you're preventing the spread. Specifically, I know barbicide, it's a virulicide, it's a a pesticide, it's it's quite a few things, the barbicide. You flip that over and you look at the ingredients and what it's supposed to do. You'd be surprised, but um, there has to be more. Uh, I tried to bridge the gap between the topic for today and the coronavirus, but there wasn't an easy segue. (laughs) But the topic for this episode is to know your products and know what you're doing and working with. We have an MSDS chart for literally every product that we get. And then the purpose of the MSDS chart is just that you know what's in it and what to do in case it is ingested or something happens when the product is not used by the directions. And that's usually when issues start to occur. More specifically, I want to talk about monomer. So the liquid that binds the acrylic powder, the polymer. Because I've been getting a lot of questions and I've heard over the years that some people can have an allergy to the monomer. We'll get into that. Story time, as I'm sitting here with my tea, I thought about the one incident that occurred in the salon I worked in where a woman, she was so sweet, she was already afraid to get her nails done. God bless her heart. (laughs) But she wanted them done for a corporate event that she was going to attend that weekend. And she was a middle-aged woman, very meek, and she was explaining that she thinks she's allergic to the liquid, um, the monomer. And I assured her, I'm like, well... I don't think so. I don't know if um if you if you feel like you're allergic it could be something that's in the product or what are you doing afterwards? And she said she doesn't do anything differently other than, you know, when she's washing dishes and her hands are submerged in water and I suggested I said we well, may want to wear gloves. You may want to wear latex gloves just to protect your your beautiful nails and then just protect your nails from getting any liquid underneath it and it may cause lifting if you submerge your nails in water for extended amounts of time. And I think people don't realize that. So um, I was working on a different client. I didn't get to work on this woman, but I just happened to chime in on the conversation because she was working at the next workstation right next to mine. And her nails looked beautiful. And she seemed a little nervous, but she said, you know, we're good. We're going to give them a chance. And so after she left, I'm just thinking, I hope she does. You know, I hope she has a good job, a wonderful time at her event and you know, we had had a good conversation up in, throughout her service as well as my client also chimed in. So it was like a little a powwow, a girl's time. Less than a week later, she comes back. Her hands look horrendous. When I tell you it was something that made my stomach turn when I saw her hands, it made my stomach turn. And I still haven't been able to identify exactly what happened However, her nails were raw and cracked and her skin was peeling around her cuticles. It was so bad. And she had an allergic reaction to the monomer liquid. Now, remember last week when I was talking about knowing your worth and why products are more than $25 for a full set? Well, that's because certain monomer is cheaper to purchase for the salon. And some places take advantage of that by purchasing monomer that contains methyl methacrylate or MMA. MMA, although it has not been banned by the US, it is banned in other parts of the world where it's not, it's still in rotation to be purchased because of if you use it according to the instructions it should be fine. However, no matter what, you still run the risk of it being sensitive once it comes in contact with your skin. And I say that because there is an alternative, alternative chemical called ethyl methacrylate or MMA, EMA, and it's more expensive, but it is safer because it, it, there hasn't been as many complications that have been reported versus with methyl methacrylate or MMA. So it does cost a little more to go to certain salons because some of these salons are using ethyl methacrylate rather than the MMA. And I say this because when I saw this woman's hands, I was still a new nail technician. So it, it frightened me a little bit because I didn't know what I was looking at. Yes, we learned about you know anatomy and the skin conditions, but this was something that no textbook had ever shown me this was not, I probably should have taken a picture and included it in my own book, but I've never seen something like this before. And when I asked the owner, she just refunded the woman her money and apologized for the complications that she experienced with her full set. But it just really made me wonder if these kinds of chemicals are what you're putting on your nails and they're causing these kinds of skin reactions, why subject yourself to it? I say this because it's it's very important for one, as the consumer to be aware of what's going on in your product what you're putting on your body. And then two, for the provider of the service to also be well-versed in the kinds of products that they are providing for their clients to do services. And there's a reason why they call us licensed professionals, because we are supposed to be able to educate our clients on the kinds of things that we're putting on their nails. Um, I remember, again, from last week's episode, and then when I had to make my PSA, I mentioned all of the kinds of chemicals that are in nail care products that go on your nails, and for the sake of vanity... We do it even though we know it's dangerous. So for example, there are some nail polishes that contain Tulane, formaldehyde, phthalates, and it, it's those are not good for your body at excessive amounts. And I think when you are using these in excess, even with gel polish and such, you do run the risk of running into complications. So we ended up remedying that situation. Uh, by learning and taking some more education courses on the proper way to use the monomer liquid. You want to minimize how much uh, exposure the liquid has to your skin by always focusing on the acrylic bead that is on the nail plate and trying not to wipe the skin as much. I know I'm still guilty of doing stuff like that, Only because I prefer uh, the acrylic can run sometime and you want to catch it. You don't want to waste any of the acrylic. You want to catch it. And I do find myself doing that by side swiping around my cuticles and my sidewalls. But if you are listening, know that it is okay to do that. Just don't do it in excess and make sure your brush is wet enough to move the acrylic and not to splash your sidewalls or your cuticles with that monomer. (sighs) You doing all right? I'm doing all right. (laughs) I think I didn't ask you all that before. I usually start my episodes with asking if you're all right. I'm doing all right. And we're just trying to educate the masses on not necessarily the dangers, but things to be cautious about when you are providing nail care with the monomer and the polymer. Now, I haven't heard so many things about polymer being an issue with clients, um, only when it comes to inge- or in, inhaling the powder uh, form once it's been drilled and dusted off, you do want to make sure you're wearing a mask, if some sort, uh, another story time, I had a client, she was elderly, who she would always wear a mask in the nail salon. I never understood why, because for a while, we didn't wear masks either, and I learned later that that is a health hazard. <laughs> you should wear a mask when you are working with those kind of particles. Because you're inhaling them and they can get lodged into your lungs and cause some some serious breathing complications. But she would always wear a mask, and I'll say, you know, Miss Lorraine, why? I changed her name, but Miss Lorraine, why do you always wear a mask? She said, Oh, honey, one, I don't like the smell of the liquid, and two, all those dust particles. This just bad for my asthma. I'm asthmatic, and that it didn't click until then that maybe I should start taking that seriously and wearing my mask. And yeah. I started to wear my mask in the salon, and it was important because, again, it does cause some breathing complications if you are drilling and inhaling these things, and if you do that in excessive amounts of time, it's just not good for your breathing. It's not good for your breathing. Although you have your ventilating ventilation systems, it's difficult to try and... Um, work on nails without wearing a mask at all masks or goggles because i have taken acrylic to the eye before it's not fun it hurts it burns actually and it's just important to take all safety precautions so with the monomer liquid i had found an article on the consumer website in the u.s about the differences in the monomer and polymer and the things that have been um, approved through the FDA or things that um, we don't necessarily take heed to because we're just thinking about the vanity portion. We're thinking about how nice it looks. We're not necessarily thinking about what it can do long-term for your nails. So I was doing some research because after I made my long, drawn-out PSA, I just wanted to know, like nail care products, how are these things regulated by the FDA? What do you do with these nail products and how, how does it move through the market? Because you don't eat them, um, you don't consume them, but you do purchase them so that you can use them on your nail. So um, they are regulated through the FDA under the uh, Federal Food Drug and Cosmetic Act or the FD&C Act, and these are, um, this is the sector who regulates cosmetics. So um, they say that nail products that are intended to treat medical problems are considered drugs. And um, some, for, some for others or products that are just used as a... As, uh, sorry, I'm fumbling my words here. <laughs> products that are just used for vanity are considered cosmetics. So when you are using... In, and according to the U.S., um, when nail products are sold they are considered uh, usual or customary way um, if you use them by the directions on the label. And I think I touched on this earlier because if you use them as the instructions on the label, you should be fine because a lot of nail products do contain harmful products, um, ingredients that are allowed on the market since they are being used in the way that it is directed. So if you are to, let's say, use a nail strengthener or a hardener for your nails as a barrier, but you bite your nails and you're ingesting it, then it becomes poisonous because you've ingested it as hazardous. So I, I highly suggest checking out fda.gov forward slash cosmetics forward slash cosmetic forward products and just look at the nail safety. Take a gander. Because we have, and I didn't realize this until recently, that there were so many regulations when it came to nail products, and then kind of very few. Um, Because, again, I didn't realize about the differences in the monomer until I actually worked in a salon. Unfortunately, that was something that I saw, and it, it almost scared me because I didn't want that to happen to me ever. Because what do you do in a situation like that other than give a refund because that could easily be turned into a a lawsuit um, if those things kind of happen. So let's talk about artificial nails and what people believe is acrylic versus dip. So dip powders are still acrylic. I know. Shocking, shocking revelation. But it is, I find myself talking to a lot of customers and even just my friends, people who I have not worked on before, and i listen to how they talk about their nail care regimens and what they do as far as their break in between nails to let their nails breathe. I'm going to let you in on a secret. You ready? You can't tell anybody else this. Well, you can, but don't tell them you heard it from me. Nails do not breathe. They're already dead. But we are taking care of the things around the nail The cuticle, the nail plate We're taking care of all of the living things Because your nails are just like your hair Your hair is a dead thing So it just grows as it does But when I sit and listen to these conversations I have to listen as a girlfriend But also listen as a professional So that we can stop spreading the belief That one is better than the other Because like I mentioned before All of it is is bad. The best thing for your nails is nothing. Keep up with your manicures and pedicures. You know, keep them clipped. Keep them filed. Keep your cuticles pushed back and moisturized. But other than that, you don't need anything else. All that other stuff is strictly for cosmetic. It's strictly for aesthetics. it's, It's for enhancement. In fact, it's just appearance enhancement. That's all. When we get our licenses and when we go to school or register for such, it's called appearance enhancement. I was billed in appearance enhancement, that's all. When you look up the definition of a nail technician, a nail technician is a licensed beauty professional who specializes in the beautification and appearance enhancement of the hands and feet. That's all. <laughs> So back to um, any differences between now there are differences between the traditional acrylic and the dip powder the traditional acrylic does include the polymer and the monomer where the dip powder does not the dip powder has something different they have a bonding resin that comes in, and it depends on the system that you use. I've So far, have experiences using three different systems. I've used Premium Nails Elite Design Dipping System. I've used um, ANC Concepts Dipping System, that was actually what I was trained on, and then I have also used Kiara Sky. Now, the differences between the three is the amount of steps that it takes for you to accomplish a certain look. All of the steps do require some form of dehydrating the nail to get any oil off of your nail plate. But the uh, Elite Dipping System only requires three steps where the ANC and the Kiara Sky require four. So there is the dehydrator for, or what they call the nail prep for your base. And then you have your gel base for the base powder and then for the color. And then you have your activator. And then you have your finishing gel, which is that final step. And I would say the difference between the two, and it really depends on your skill set. I have found myself being able to do, well, no, a full set of traditional acrylic nails certainly does take me longer to do versus a full set of dip powder nails for a few reasons. For... The dip powder nails, it's just easy as one, two, three. Literally, you are painting and dipping, painting and dipping, painting and dipping, and that's it. For acrylic nails, that one requires a little bit more skill and tact because you want your nails to look as natural as possible, but you also want to keep that same density for your nail tech for your nail plate without making the acrylic too thick and too heavy i'm not saying that that's not possible with the dip powder as well but with acrylic because you don't have as much control over the liquid to powder ratio as you would with your dip it does become a challenge because you are you are navigating between three different barriers. You've got your brush, your liquid, and then the powder. You're changing different, you're changing mediums often versus with the dip powder, you're just using two different mediums. You're just using the brush for your gel and then you're dipping. That's it. There is nothing else. So... When it comes to the differences, that's it, it, the time that it takes. Um, I haven't heard of too many people having adverse reactions to any of the dipping powder, so that could also be a positive difference. But similarities, they're both acrylic. They both do the same thing, they serve the same purpose. If you crack them, they both hurt. So I just wanted to get in touch on that just a tiny bit. Because I've I've learned that um, when you don't know, you don't know. Hey there. I know we covered a lot today, but let's catch you up a little bit. Today, I warned you about COVID-19 outbreaks, and this is so important to please make sure you are keeping yourself safe and your clients be sure to visit cdc.gov and only listen to the professionals when it comes to what you should and should not be doing. Also, we talked about the differences between monomers. There is the methyl methacrylate MMA, which we don't use, and then there's their ethyl methacrylate EMA, which we can use. Choose wisely. We also talked about The differences and the similarities between traditional acrylic nails, which I call, with the liquid monomer and the powder polymer, and the dipping acrylic. They're both acrylic. We talked about it. Again, choose wisely. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Confessions of a Nail Tech podcast. I've been your host, Rashida H. Muhammad, nail tech affectionately known as Ra. Make sure you tune in next week, Tuesday, for our next episode. Looking forward to hearing from you. In the meantime, subscribe to the Confessions of a Nail Tech podcast. And make sure you stay in the loop by following me across the board on social media at Ra. Also visit me at www.NailsByRa.com. Until next time.